0: Yak Babies, sex, presidents, and sometimes books.
1: Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Ernie Fernie Journey Attorney. My name is Erin, her personal pals, Brick. (laughs) I like that one. Thank you. We have Dave. Morning. Uh, Yes, good morning to you. Uh, And we have New American Nico, of course. Hello, boys. Hello to you as well. We're back to our... Book picking ways. Uh, we had a kind of a couple episodes of while back of just kind of going around the table talking about our favorite books in certain categories. We did various centuries nineteenth, twenty, 21st We did short fiction. We're returning to that today to talk about science fiction, which I recently told the personal pals here stands or sci-fi is what's usually called, and they didn't know, but actually <laughs> that's short for science fiction. Science fiction stands for sci-fi. Yes, that's right. It's a reverse uh abbreviation <laughs> or reverse shortening. So yeah, something it's called SF which also stands for science fiction. These are just things I learned recently. So we're going to hear from the pals about their favorite sci-fi books. I'm going to start with Nico because Nico, I think is,
2: can I ask a point of clarification here?
1: Oh boy. Yes.
2: Are we considering
1: dystopian
2: slash post-apocalyptic kind of stuff under this, this category? Or is that something we're going to, even though it is obviously science fiction, uh, is that something we want to maybe Let's break it out for its own genre? Cause that's not, it's not quite sci-fi really, So we're talking like spacey sci-fi Spacey futurism sci-fi
1: Yeah What's your question? Like what, what defines sci-fi for you? Yeah,
3: I would think like either some kind of technology that we don't have or yeah, like in, in a tech, yeah, I think it's technology Okay Technology Technology brings questions that we, that we don't otherwise ask, I guess that right.
1: would be my definition. So Slaughterhouse 5 would be sci-fi because there's aliens and teleportation, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's the would fit the standard definition, but probably I think would be kind of sci-fi, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, proceed. Nico, I think that you are probably the biggest aficionado of sci-fi amongst us, so I want to start with you.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm going to look at my Goodreads. <laughs> Five Star Books. So, I so I guess first off would be the Expand wait. Hold on, pause, series. pause, pause.
1: Do you go through Goodreads and Star Books all the books you've read? Period. Do you go back to your archive and like no? But I like did books you read it in your like seventh grade, or whatever.
3: No, 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 no. But I did, wow. I did do it during Chamber Four, and then I basically stopped for like ten years, and then I started again okay. during COVID.
1: <laughs> so. Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
3: So, first would be the Expanse series, which is the longest series that i've finished i think nine books uh usually when i get into a series that long i l- completely lose steam around book four or five and just stop mm. stop reading it which which has happened to almost every i think every single fantasy series it's not a trilogy that i've ever tried to read uh, but the span series is really good and that's kind of a like a near future kind of uh mm. or more realistic kind of space opera sci-fi where it's like it's only the solar system that we've colonized. There's no, like, warp drive. There's, a, there's like, a really good engine that allows us to travel between planets without taking years. But uh, but that's at it. TV show. So, you know, if you don't read books, you can just watch the show. And then a couple others that I read during uh, Chamber 4, back during Chamber 4, Constellation mm-hmm. Games by Leonard Richardson was a really, really good sci-fi. The Dream mm-hmm. of Perpetual Motion, super weird, very kind of, dreamy sci-fi roadside picnic is a classic Mm -hmm. classic russian sci-fi like where they they made the game stalker based on on that well the movie stalker and then game the movie stalker okay (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah it's a it's about this weird quote-unquote zone that just kind of appears right that they don't know what caused it but it's basically like the leftovers of an alien passing through yeah,
1: so I think that's, those are my, my highlights. Yeah. Good picks for sure. And some deeper cuts. Dave, let's hear from you.
0: Well, one that comes to mind is a canicle for Leibovitz. Mm. I'm not sure, though, if that fits the definition that we just talked about. I mean, it's like post-apocalyptic. That
2: was the book I was thinking about when I asked the question. Uh, yeah.
0: But that's right. Talk about it. Does it does it fit, though, what, what we're... Like it feels like maybe because it's post-apocalyptic kind of slides outside of the, I don't remember like technology wise what happened. So it takes place after a nuclear holocaust and it's, um, if memory serves, it's like a dude who, so there's a backlash against, you know, what led us up to the nuclear war, including like books and really, I think like just all knowledge. So it became like a death sentence if possessed books or even knew how to read or write. So in secret, there's this dude named Liebowitz. I don't know if he's a monk or. Do you remember Brick? He's a, he was a monk. He was a monk, and he shit. I, I should have he, looked at. You
2: know, he was like an analog of like you know monks copying illuminated manuscripts through the Dark Ages kind of deal. He yeah. found, uh, I believe, the thing he found was some sort of science book about nuclear technology. So he what the 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 thing he was preserving was the was the the thing that caused most uh, taboo of uh, forbidden knowledge in the, in the post nuclear society.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember it being very good. I don't, I don't read a ton of sci-fi, I guess. So, um, you know, the pool of candidates is is pretty small, but that one comes to mind. And then, you know, there's gotta be like maybe cat's cradle. So much of Vonnegut is like, at least dips a foot into sci-fi. Cat's Cradle is one of them that comes to mind that, you know, the whole world changes because of this particular, you know, ice nine. It's called this chemical that when it comes into contact with water, just freezes everything around it. So that becomes kind of post-apocalyptic as well, but due to a particular piece of technology, I guess, or technology. I don't know if that even counts yeah. as technology. It's like a... So
3: did he get that idea yeah, from Demolition stuff, man? man? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Retroactive inspiration. Yeah. Ripping off <laughs> Sylvester Stallone again.
1: He did a set visit. <laughs> 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 and then traveled back in time and <laughs> the idea for And then went back
0: in time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slaughterhouse-Five <laughs> is, is uh, nonfiction. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess those come to mind. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I read a lot of Star Wars novels. Like the, the ones from the actual movies as well as the ones you know the spin-offs after like the kevin J or what kevin anderson type books mm-hmm. yeah but yeah as a as an adult i don't read a whole lot of sci-fi but on the rare occasions where i do read some i tend to like it i just for some reason i don't really pursue it
1: yeah it's interesting it's a genre that i like too but i, I don't read it consistently outside of comics you know i read a lot of sci-fi in common mm-hmm. form obviously yeah. Um, yeah but not very often in like prose or novel form or even short story form really it seems like you uh, yeah, Spooner would or the minds yeah sorry
3: it seems like you would like sci-fi Aaron, because it would be like natural fit. because it's like i mean they frequently have the kind of the wildest premises
1: yeah totally and like i mean well i'll get to mine in a second but one of my picks i told you about before and you know i was trying to avoid talking about it again because i talked about it so many times this podcast is one of my favorite books of all time yeah so it's surprising that i that i don't go back to the wells often yeah so I have to change that. The first, Brick.
2: Yeah, it's sci- maybe I'm similar. Sci-fi, like fantasy, is like something that really appeals to me in, in movies and shows and games and comics, but I have a hard time mm. reading it. I'm not as hard. I don't bounce off it as much as I bounce off fantasy. I have to really work to get more than a, a couple chapters into a fantasy book. Sci-fi can often hook me a little better. One of my favorite books as a kid that I still like very much, despite, you know, it's problematic stuff is Ender's Game, but uh, we've talked about that mm-hmm. enough, so we'll skip it. So I came up with a few. One is Dune. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the, the sort of space fantasy stuff is probably not the sci-fi I, I typically go to. I probably more prefer the the more, like, future future. Techno mm-hmm. stuff, but uh, Dune. I I read. I don't know, maybe ten years ago, and I really liked it. And I read the second one, and it was also mm-hmm. very good. Um, really like the the David Lynch movie, even though people it was great. It. <laughs> yeah, it is. And the new one was pretty good, except for it's only half a movie. So we'll see if the second half. Yeah, it. but it, it's a very good book. It's very readable. The David Lynch movie sticks pretty close to it um you know right down to those like weird monologues that 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 go over the 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 story and yeah. things like that but it it fleshes things out a little more it's the the characters are pretty complicated which is which is nice for you know it's not um it's not fluff it's a pretty right. deep book and then another one i picked which is one i read years ago uh that i really liked which is like kind of in that golden age there is from the 50s it's an arthur c Clarke book called the city and the stars Hmm. um which i which i very much like i should read it again actually it's about this city the world's ending or or something there's a plague I, i can't remember exactly and the the city surrounds itself with this big they build this giant dome and then the book takes place over the course of like a million years and it follows this city through like you know you know that scene in uh Futurama when they uh, when they show like that like super fast uh, one thousand years of the world mm-hmm. dying and coming mm-hmm. back like four times it's like that yeah. the book right. uh, so I don't remember the actual plot of the book at all but I remember the the aesthetics and the and the setting of it very well <laughs> um, so that one really stuck with me. And then the last one, which is a little different than the, the kind of space fair, and the movie gets a lot of credit for my love of this, but I also really liked the book. I liked it as a kid. I liked it as an adult when I read it again, uh, is Jurassic Park.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: Which, that's that's sci-fi, right? Yeah, that's totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bioengineering d- dinosaurs and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's good. I love Jurassic Park. The movie never gets old, uh, oh. and, and the book is very good. The book's... Somewhat different yeah. than the movie. Um,
0: Gets a lot more into the science, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's much more science heavy. It's darker. Yeah. Most of the characters are kind of assholes, even the good guys. Very good book. And then again, the movie's just, t- I could never get sick of that movie. It's like, it doesn't feel old when you watch it. It's weird. I don't know if you've ever watched Jurassic Park recently, but it like doesn't feel like it's from the 90s. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, part of it is because it has. I mean, as much as there's a lot of digital effects in that movie, I love of it's practical. There's like models and stuff. Yeah. And so when that T-Rex face comes in, attacks the car, it's a real face. And so you don't have that same... You know, the opening, yeah, the think... first dinosaur shot where you see the, I think it's like a brontosaurus, it looks pretty bad. And it's like, oh yeah. man, the C.J. has not aged well. But after that, it gets a lot better. Like the scene where um, Sam Neill is on the like triceratops' belly with the, the sick dinosaur or whatever... It's like you could. It feels tactile, so it has. I Mm, think that's part of the reason why it feels more timeless, is because it there's actual stuff in it, you know, versus like Independence Mm -hmm. Day, which there's very little.
2: Yeah, I did as a kid read the other. I think there's just one more book. I don't think
1: there's. I think it's just Lost Lost World.
2: Yeah, I don't. And that I remember that book being pretty good, and that movie being dog shit. (laughs) And pretty much all the movies after the first one are kind of dog shit. The new. The first of the Chris newest, Pratt ones, yeah, yeah. The first Chris Pratt one was okay, mm-hmm. but it was just a nostalgia nostalgia romp, and the rest are bad. Yeah, I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of the new ones.
1: I think I I saw Jurassic Park three. You, you're, and I was like, mm.
2: you're you're fine. Jurassic Park th- two and three are awful. <laughs> three is slightly better than two, but just slightly. Interesting. Oh, and then the new ones, they're just like uh, they're popcorn pap, you know, like they're fine. Yeah,
1: they're contemporary blockbusters. They have that the Marvel yeah. feel to them. I think Jurassic Park might have been one of those sneaky rite of passage books for like our generation because it was definitely adult but if you were old enough i remember i got the i bought the junior novelization of jurassic park at like a b dalton bookstore before the movie came out because i was like so i was like vibrating with excitement about this movie and i read it in like the car ride back home I remember my mom being like, do you want to try and, like, level up and read the actual book? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready for that. And so I got the, you know, the Crichton novel, whatever. And it was definitely, you know, harder to read. I had to, to take a bit more time with it because it's definitely darker and just, yeah, a bit more violent.
2: We read it in cl- class. Really? Yeah, in sixth grade, wow. we... uh we all read it was when it came out, we all read it and then we saw the movie. And then we went to the we drove all the way down to Mass, uh, and slept the night in the Boston Museum of Science, uh, dinosaur exhibit, that's awesome. which that's was cool. mind fucking blowing when I was in sixth grade. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, it's good, that's great. It's a good, good little one, two, three punch.
1: I've already mentioned a couple or are sort of like my leanings here. Like I said, the one that I explicitly said i wanted to avoid talking about was martian chronicles uh it's hard to avoid because it, it is one of my favorite books of all time it's a classic sci-fi novel it's a, like i said linked stories collection i think you even mentioned it in our short story discussion too i just love that book so much so i'm trying to think of others um a lot of them would be you know in the graphic novel or comic realm but we have a separate episode for that, so I'll save those two. The one that I was reminded of when Nico was talking was Solaris by Stanislaw Lem, great Polish sci-fi writer, and probably his most famous work is Solaris. I like it a lot. The movie is great, too. It's an Andrzej Tarkovsky movie. The students made a remake of the movie later on in the early 2000s, too. But the book is also very good. It's about this planet that sort of has like a consciousness and people on a space station orbiting it and... It ends up being like a ghost novel. It's like a ghost story on a spaceship with space ghosts, uh, but not the talk show host kind, um, the actual space ghosts. And it's fucked up and dark, uh, but really, really good. I like Soros quite a bit. And then, uh, I mean, you know, a lot of the classics, unfortunately. Like I said, I haven't branched out too far. I haven't read much of Phil K. Dick, right? I feel like I probably would like those books a lot, but I haven't really dug too deep. I've read... Uh Man of the High Castle, I think that's about it. Maybe some short stories.
2: I, I tried a few times to read the Android's Dream of Electric yeah Show and I could never could never like Yeah, it.
1: never clicked in. Yeah. I read lots of Bradbury, uh, and I like all that. You know, the genie Four I think is an amazing book. We discussed that controversially before. So yeah, I don't have a lot of deep cuts. Mine are pretty basic. I'm a basic bitch, but that's okay. Solaris is definitely worth checking out if you are looking for a slightly deeper cut there. But that's not even a deeper cut because that's a pretty famous book.
3: I should also mention uh, Project Hail Mary
1: hmm.
3: by uh, the Martian guy, Andy Weir. Oh, right. I can't wait until they make a movie out of that because there's a spider that speaks in musical notes <laughs> that he learns. The Matt Damon character like learns to speak spider music. And the, the audiobook is hilarious.
1: Wait, is it? And the, it's, <laughs> a, it's the same character?
3: No, but it's like the same kind of character oh, 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 gotcha, it's like gotcha, very gotcha. much like the same kind of
1: guy from the martian it'd be funny but to not do the a, actual guy a sequel to that book would be like okay this guy's got another crazy yeah. adventure where he's lost somewhere i'd be like this guy is fucked yeah <laughs>
0: yeah he's a little um, bit of bubble somewhere. yeah
1: <laughs> that's cool
0: and then uh snow crash would you guys call never let me go a sci- sci-fi novel cloning yeah
1: absolutely is that what
2: are yours Steve?
0: Yeah, it might be. I mean, it just came to mind because you think of like,
2: even though I spoil it for you,
0: yeah, you did <laughs> 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 definitely spoil it for me. But I mean, I think of it as like, I guess a literary novel, but then you know, there's it's definitely sci-fi. You know, it wouldn't be shelved in sci-fi, but
1: yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking. yeah probably more of a crossover, it's got the elements, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking when when Davey asked about what counts as sci-fi, and also that you it's not your first choice. I think that. One of the reasons why is that if I go to a bookstore, like a half price or even like booksmith or whatever, I'm going to the fiction section to look for books. I'm not going to the sci-fi section. And there's like a a built-in prejudice or bias where it's like, well, the sci-fi books are like long series. They're sort of like they're Star Trek novels or Star Wars novels. They're that kind of stuff, whatever. And if I if I want to read sci-fi, I'm going to read literary yeah. sci-fi. But I have to, I think, adjust that that pattern and sort of get over that prejudice and start trying to do some new stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, like stuff like Never Let Me Go. I think even probably Martian Chronicles will be housed in fiction and not in the sci-fi section. Probably. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. The problem. I think the problem with bookstore sci-fi
3: is like a lot of the commercial shit is just bad. It's like you know, fucking Star Wars. Books.
1: Same with horror like, too. Like going fuck. to the horror section of bookstores like, like, I don't want to read any of this dog shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I need like mass market paperback. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah
1: yeah and just lots it's of two cookie cutter things that look like they belong on wattpad and and maybe not on a bookshelf mm-hmm. yeah maybe if that's not too rude to say uh well listeners tell us your what are we missing educate uh, dave and i as sci-fi luddites here what should we be reading or paying attention to give us some recommendations you can email us those recommendations at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com you can also go tell us on patreon patreon.com where we have our bonus podcast housed you can get there for one dollar a month. That's so all we're asking to get access to our bonus content. We're all kinds of fun that's happening there. There's there's games and boardroom conversations, and we're breaking down real serious topics like candy and jokes. There's also a whole sub-series of snack babies where we're talking about the real interesting snacks that are out there. It's just a lot of fun. So check that out, and you can message us there too with your ideas and recommendations. And then, of course, we have some merch, tinyurl.com slash yakbabies, where we have merchandise designed by brick, t-shirts, posters, I assume underwear, mugs, all kinds of stuff there, probably stickers, I bet. So go check it out and see what kind of hilarious shows you want to wear on your chest with pride. Until then, Yakbabies, yakking off. The
2: Yakbabies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael. Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft.